From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is so good to be back with you. How is everybody doing today? Good. Muy good. <laughs> Muy good. <laughs> oh, sorry, my son is just... <laughs> That's awesome. For those that don't know, muy means very. I speak Spanish. Yes, oh, yes. Thank, thank you, Chelsea. That's so I'll be good. Your <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Well, you've heard almost all of uh, all of us already, but we better introduce ourselves. I'm Scott Armstrong, and to my left, I have Freya Galindo. Hi there. And Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. And across from us, AJ Fry. Hey guys. And to my right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. A snail can have 25,000 teeth. What? No. What do they eat? What do snails eat? Like leaves and things? Leaves, I hate. What do you need teeth? But not at the same time. It's got to be like sharks. You know, one like at a they time. fall out. Mm. So one like tooth at a time. One tooth at a time. That'd be yeah. amazing. I purposely <laughs> didn't learn more about this. Oh, okay, Chelsea. You know what? No, I believe you know. it. I believe it because um, on SpongeBob SquarePants, like he's got the pet <laughs> snail that's Gary, and like he has a massive teeth in his mouth. Oh, that's true. You can uh, see his teeth. Yeah, I always so. thought that was just like a cartoon animation. Like, <laughs> No, like now we know it's legit. This is so scientific. <laughs> because on SpongeBob, <laughs> if SpongeBob taught us anything, it's that snails do have to. SpongeBob, and your eyes can pop out of your head. Doesn't that happen to you guys? I didn't even know snails had mouths. <laughs> what? Another fun fact, and we're into the subject today, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. I'm trying to think of a good segue, but I can't. (laughs) The topic for today is how not to mess up, how not to fail. Now, all of us have failed. I think that uh, a lot of us have uh, thought of uh, of the idea, you know what, failing is not not awful, is not horrible. Uh, We can learn from failure. But in this sense, we're more talking about moral failure. We're talking about sin. We're talking about the type of failure that you do not even want to play with. You do not want to even have it all in your life. And we're going to use as kind of the opening for this an article written by Dan Ryland called Five Steps That Help Church Leaders Stay Out of Trouble. So we know that a lot of our listeners are in ministry in, uh, in some way. And really, the, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, I feel like this is for every Christian, not just a pastor or a missionary. So it's a lot that we could learn. Um, one thing that I thought was very funny from Ryland's article was when he talked about his ordination. I, I think we've all read this article. And he said he was ordained. It was a it was a meaningful moment. Four of us in this room, <clears throat> Freya, have experienced the ordination moment. And oh, really? I didn't know. We, 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 we know that Freya will have her moment in the future. I'm not going to um, say anything. <laughs> but the, the uh, district superintendent or the person that was that was in charge uh, of that ordination came up and just said to Dan, I'm going to quote it here, Dan, God has given you ability and opportunity. I want you to promise me that you'll try really hard not to mess up. <laughs> I was like, what? In ordination, that sounds terrible. Like that's okay, no pressure there. But he actually, probably more mature than I am, he took that as something that was really wise. Something that was saying, we see lots of gifts and graces in you, but at the same time, man, take care of yourself. So here are five things that, suggestions that he has for not messing up. Again, especially 
speaking of morally, speaking of in your ministry. And the first one is recognize that it could happen to you. Recognize that failure, uh, even moral failure, could happen to you. Did that grab anyone's attention? Yeah, I think it's like it sounds like pretty basic, but it's very important because uh, sometimes we feel like, well, I have this close relationship with God and this is strong relationship with God. And so um, nothing can be wrong and I'm not going to mess up. And so and that's something that we need to uh, pay attention to because we like all of us, we are, uh, we have this probability of messing up mm-hmm. or of failing. And so if we think, no, I'm not going to fail. Okay. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying you need to keep thinking, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. And then to be like paranoid about it. But I'm saying just to be like aware that this could happen to me, but I'm going to do like everything is like, uh, in my hands to not doing that. Mm-hmm. So. And I think exactly what you're saying is, you know, the context of pride goes before a fall. Mm -hmm. That when you start to become the person that says, ah, that could never happen to me. (laughs) Like, see that as a red flag in your life of like, oh, my marriage is so stable. Or, you know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do financially. I'm so transparent. Nobody could ever peg me with anything wrong with Mm -hmm. money. That that's when you would start to be able to to step into some pools of some deeper Mm -hmm. waters, you know, when you start having those kind of thoughts. and. I think one of the things that has helped me as I've grown in leadership and even my missionary ministry is, um, I know we've talked about before on this podcast and even just personally in our friendships, but just about the spiritual warfare that takes place. Mm -hmm. And I have for many, many years now been challenged to think about as missionaries and leaders and pastors in the church that like when we think of it as warfare, that there are certain people that you put on the front lines. And, um, and I've seen myself for the past few years as on the front line of, of battle. And like, I am trying to do everything possible to mobilize the church, to, uh, bring Jesus to the city center, to do everything possible. And when I look at these things through that lens of like, this is war, this is battle, you know, of that's why I appreciate like even this topic, because I think as leaders, we have to be aware of the ways Mm -hmm. that we will be attacked. Because when somebody starts mobilizing people that much, like Satan's not going to take that lying down. He's not going to be like, oh, you guys just do whatever you want. If you can mobilize thousands to millions of people for the kingdom of God, like Mm -hmm. you just go ahead and do that, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's going to try to bring this down in our marriage and our families and our finances. Um, So exactly what you just said, Freya, I think is really important that I know that when I start to feel like, oh, I've got all this under control Mm -hmm. is the Mm -hmm. time when I immediately say, you know, I actually even seek people to pray for my marriage. Mm. You know, when I think, oh, we are just doing great. You know, I'm like, hey, can you just continue to pray for my marriage? Mm. You know, just that God would protect us and that we would be the example that he wants us to be. And I think those are important Mm -hmm. points. Don't allow our pride to be something that says, ah, that happens to other people, but it would never Mm -hmm. happen to me. Right. Well, that's even a great example, because even as you say to someone, how can you pray? And you say, would you pray for our marriage? Like, I think in the church, a lot of times that sounds like really bad. Oh, something, oh, something happened. Yeah. Uh, she just said to pray for their marriage. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It should be something that's so natural. Yeah. Of course, the enemy is going to come first and foremost 
uh, after our, our families and after our marriages. Mm. But it does feel like we've created this environment where it's like, oh, don't don't let people know that you need prayer for your marriage. Right. When that's really one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second thing, and this kind of goes along with what you were just saying, Emily. The second suggestion that Ryland has is don't flirt. That's pretty direct, right? Um, and he's not just talking about inappropriate behavior with the opposite sex. He's also talking about flirting with power or fame or money. I think that's important. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I, working with youth, a lot of times I'll hear the question, how far can I go without it actually being sin? Mm -hmm. And immediately I know we have to already change the conversation because if you're talking about how far you can go without actually crossing the line, mm -hmm. that's not at all the relationship or what God has in store for us. Instead of fleeing, we're flirting. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that part. It reminded me of the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in fact, two verses, uh, verses 12 and 13 that say, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. But God is faithful, it says. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So when we are tempted, <laughs> obviously our reaction needs to be not flirting, not, oh, we're kind of enticed by that, but actually going away from that and resisting and what this last phrase says in that verse, standing up under it, you know, resisting and standing up, standing firm. I think even in some of our own realms of, I, I've talked to Scott in the past couple of weeks about, um, sometimes I like have to re-justify the name of this podcast mm -hmm. and we've called the <laughs> Worthless Servants Podcast because you can look through the pages of the Bible and you can see where Jesus says, because you're not my servants anymore, you're my friends. Like I've revealed to mm -hmm. you these things. And uh, further in the, in the New Testament, it's escaping me the where, but it talks about how there's, you know, common items and sacred items. And um, so like, as I read those things, it's like, oh, well, is like worthless servants really what we should, you know, be be placing on ourselves. And as I always think through it, I I always come back to the point of God has given us abilities to uh, be more informed and knowledgeable. And as we grow in leadership that like, I like thinking about myself still as just the servant of the almighty God, mm. you know, like even though he's given me position of friend and he's revealed himself to me and, and I preach it and I teach it like, and it goes to this point that we're talking about for me of like, for me to label myself a worthless servant helps me to remember I'm not going to flirt with the fame and, and the, hmm. the power that comes along with just natural leadership, even though it's Christian realms, mm -hmm. you know, you might be like, oh, well, you're not famous at all. But I can tell you when you've been in missionary ministry for a long time, that people start to know your name and they start to know what you're doing and they start to really say you're doing great work out there. And those are the kind of compliments that like we need. But at the same mm -hmm. time, they're the same things that could like elevate you to a position that makes you fall. So mm -hmm. it's sure. constantly yeah. keeping that in balance. And that's one thing that I've liked about the podcast name of Worthless Servant is it keeps us from flirting with power too much because at yeah. least we're coming back to that point. The third suggestion he has just says, know your weakness. When the pressure is high or when, the, when there's times of stress or little sleep in those moments, 
your resistance is usually lower. Know those moments of weakness. Did that grab anybody? I think that kind of piggybacks off of, you know, don't flirt with temptation. You got to know what your temptation is first Mm -hmm. before you know not to flirt with it, you know? So you got to know your weakness. What, what are the things that, that cause you to stumble, that cause you to maybe want to flirt? Is it money? Is it power? Is it fame? You know, I think for me personally, it's like, I don't, I don't want to recognize those things. Mm-hmm. Like people have told me before, okay, this is where you're, this is where you're weak. You need to be careful in, in this area of your life. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't see that in myself. I don't think that's true. So I, <laughs> so, so I like blindfold myself to this. Like Ooh. if I don't see it, then it doesn't exist. And I'm, and I'm good. I think that's just as dangerous as well, because, because if you, if you know in the back of your mind that it's there and fail to recognize it, then when it does come up, you're not prepared to do anything about it. You you can't run at that moment because it it catches you by surprise. This reminds me of uh, 2012 when we were in charge of uh, coordinating a whole Nazarene Youth International Congress, just a, a congress for 32 different countries for youth to come in. And I don't know. I mean, Emily and I walked through that. Time And I just remember in the times, especially the last month, the month and a half, right before this event, we knew God was going to use it. We knew God was going to do great things, but we just felt so discouraged. There were different people that had failed us. There were different things that were occurring. I remember my health was starting to, I mean, not just one thing, but there were many different things that were little or big that were starting to to occur that I just was like, what is happening? And I just was convinced we need, and this may seem silly, but I just printed out certain passages from the Bible that I felt the Lord was drawing me to at that time. And I literally taped them throughout Mm -hmm. the house. And there was one above the door as we go out that door so that I knew, you know, I have to see this before I go out. There was another one in our bedroom. There was another one, you know, just in other places in the living room or wherever. And I remember like, just that was constantly, you know, reading. It reminds me of Deuteronomy when they, they say, you need to make sure this is on the door frames of your house. You need to make sure that everywhere you go, you are thinking about this. And it was a way to just safeguard us and just to remind us Number one, we are not alone in this. And number two, this is just what you mentioned earlier. This is war. And AJ, you said, know your weakness. Well, that was time, a time of great stress, a time of very little sleep. I knew I was weaker. Hmm. I knew I was. And so we have to take even more or greater precautions to make sure that we do not fall. Praise the Lord that that event was a great success. We learned a lot. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we were able to come through that. But yeah, the number number four for the article says, work in an environment that's healthy enough to share truth. Ooh, that's really good. So that speaks of accountability, right? And mm-hmm. community. Um, Chelsea, you and I were talking earlier. Uh, does that kind of resonate with you? Yeah, this one's hard for me. I love talking with people and I love people. One of my strengths is positivity. And so it's not that I don't feel like I can't be vulnerable with people. It's that I feel burdensome for them. So like, I feel like I'm putting a lot on their plate that maybe I don't even want answers to. I just want to talk about, 
but it always feels like they're trying to give me an answer. And so I hold back because sometimes I think of like super heavy things and I'm processing and, and I just want to process them with someone. Without getting advice. Right. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, usually get advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't necessarily want that. So my solution is just to, to keep it kind of surface level. Not in an effort to like keep the relationship surface level, but just because I don't want to add that stress in their life or make them feel like they have to come up with a solution that I'm not actually seeking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've tried to develop that environment together. I'm looking around the room here and I'm really thankful for you guys. You know, we've been able to share some kind of difficult things and uh, just struggles in ministry and in our personal or family lives, you know, and there hasn't, I haven't felt judgment from any of you. And we've been able to, in some cases, be mentors, you know, but in other cases, just be colleagues in ministry and friends and prayer warriors for each other. And I don't know that I've always had that. You know, I don't know that in every circumstance through my life, I've had that. What about you guys? Yeah, sometimes when we're like in, in leadership, we we struggle with uh, find other leaders or find another person that see us as person, not as leaders. Mm-hmm. And we don't want uh, to, to them to think less of us. So we need to find uh, somebody that is like trustworthy or that is like that that person is not going to be like they don't they're not going to think wrong about us, you know. And I think sometimes we don't maybe we look for that kind of persons, but we don't see them or maybe I think sometimes it's just like as leaders, we we want to share with people, we want uh, to work with people, we want to minister them. But Chelsea was saying uh, maybe sometimes it's on a surface level, mm. not like very deep. And I think because it, it's we need to invest time in that, that, those kind of things. And I don't, I'm not sure that everyone wants to to invest in, in that kind of relationship. And so... Well, and even to your point, Freya, there is like this reality of when you are the leader or the pastor or the missionary, that that level of vulnerability that you do, there are some relationships that you have to keep it a professional level. Like Mm -hmm. you are seen as the leader of a congregation Mm -hmm. or of a certain group of people or whatever. And so finding the right people to Mm -hmm. have this type of community with, I think is the challenge of what he's writing is. So for somebody that's in spiritual leadership in some way or another, we do have to be careful about Mm -hmm. the vulnerabilities that we're sharing with, with other people. And it has to be the sources of, of confidence Mm -hmm. that we have. And, even for the five of us that are sitting here, like when we first started getting to know each other, we didn't have the vulnerability that we have now. And it's mm-hmm. only after years of knowing each other that you can have some of the conversations that we have now because we know we love each other mm-hmm. because we know that we're in this thing together. And so finding those really special relationships help us to not fail when you feel like, well, I can just do this all on my own, you know, is when mm-hmm. when there starts to become probably some problems in, in leadership. And that does lead us into our final one, which is stay honest before God. Uh, it reminds me of Proverbs 4.23 that says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guarding our heart, staying honest before God. Like 
AJ, you were saying, not denying if someone, if someone, yeah. I, when we, when we receive criticism, sometimes we're like, oh, that, that was, I'm going to say it. That was a <laughs> jerk. What a jerk, you know, to say that, you know, and, and it's like, well, maybe the reason I'm so annoyed or mad is because there was a little bit of truth to it, right. you know? And so is, could God be speaking even through this, this avenue that I don't like, how can we guard our heart? What do you guys think of that last one? Yeah, I love uh, this last one. And he even specifically says in the article close to the end, he says, when you name the problem sin or temptation, you remove much of its power. Hmm. When you also resist it with God's help, you can overcome it. And I have found that to be truth in my own life. I think there's something really freeing that happens when you verbalize, when you say it out loud, even if you're saying it to God specifically or to a group of friends, like we were just talking about with the vulnerability, but it does remove its power. So if there's something that like truly has its, a hold on you and you just say it, there, there's an amazing liberty that comes with that. And um, I've, for the past probably a year or two, when I'm in my own time of prayer, frequently the Lord brings to my mind that Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, teaches them to pray to God the Father, lead us not into temptation, mm. but deliver us from the evil one. Mm. And as I sit and like just dwell on that a little bit, like there are passages that would show that God allows us to be refined in fire. And uh, and there's a part where, you know, Jesus says uh, to Peter, I've prayed for you because the devil has asked to sift you, but I've prayed for you, right? And so like, it gives this, this knowledge of like God the Father saying, yep, you can do what you need to do with Peter, but this is a refining process, right? Mm -hmm. And so like every day I find myself, you know, praying God, Lead me not into temptation, but deliver mm. me from the evil one. And there's a lot of power in that mm. prayer. And and I think if we can continue to stay honest before God, I know that I personally, um, a couple years ago, was just dealing with a lot of anxiety. Mm. And like to the point of physically not being able to be getting out of bed on Sundays because I was so anxious about the things that needed to take place or had to take place and in naming it and being honest with people around me and and not trying to handle it on my own of like, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. But like talking about it with people and truly telling God, like, God, you said you were going to be peace. Hmm. And truly allowing him to be peace of him saying just his truth washing over those moments. And I think that's why I like this last one so much of staying honest before God, because a part of staying honest is not just admitting our own faults, but it's bringing God back to him. Of God, you said you'd be good. God, you said you were my deliverer. You said you were refuge. You said you were peace. And I believe it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to walk forward in this, knowing that you are these things. Yeah. And um, and I think that for me has, is the base of not falling, of, mm -hmm. of not messing up, is constantly walking in who God is, who he says he is, and allowing myself to be his creation mm -hmm. in the midst of that. To recap, the five suggestions for not to fall or how to avoid messing up are number one, recognize that it could happen to you. Number two, don't flirt. Number three, know your weakness. Number four, work in an environment that's healthy enough to share truth. Amen to that. Number five, stay honest 
before God. We can't be naive. <laughs> Our enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. This is not a game. And especially if we're on the front lines, we will receive attacks. Um, we do not come to this episode saying <laughs> we're the experts and we figured it all out. <laughs> right. But we do come saying we are trying to live these realities. And uh, we hope that as a listener, uh, you are as well. Uh, this is so essential. Without our character, without our integrity, our ministry is nothing. Our family is nothing. Mm. So, Emily, where can they get in contact with us or, or find out more if they'd like to? Our website is mesoamericagenesis.org. You can find the archive of all of the episodes if you are just now finding us. You can also engage with us on our Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants podcast. And we would encourage you to share these episodes. They come out every other Thursday. And the more that you share them, or even just give us a like when you see it, mm -hmm. um, it'll help us move into some new networks. And so we would encourage you to do that. Cool. Thank you. Important topic that we've touched on today. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Freya Galindo. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.